Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 170. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the acclaimed and talented comic creator, Jay Moores. Hey, how's it going? Good. You know, I just, you know, I, I had to jump at this chance to talk to you because I just saw your recent Kickstarter, Faye, uh, yes. where it's a tabletop RPG where you actually play the monster. Yes. So yeah. is this, when I saw this and now I, I was recalling our conversation or an interview we had uh, back about Eden Park Tales, is this an Eden Park Tales role-playing game? Yeah. Basically what happened was I created my comic series, Autumn Gray, uh, which is my flagship comic. Um, and it takes place modern day. It's about fairies and monsters and things that go bump in the night you know, mm -hmm. messing with people. And I, I realized I'd created a world for the comic series and I had so many stories I would love to tell in this world. But anybody that does comics knows that, especially when you're working by yourself, telling stories in comics takes a long time. <laughs> and you end up with a bookshelf full of things that you're never going to get to. And it drove me crazy. So then I kind of just tapped into... Um, my love for RPGs. I haven't played any since college and that was I don't know, 25 years, 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> um, and I just kind of last, last things I played were like white wolf back when it was called white wolf, uh, dungeons and dragons, second edition, uh, and a bunch of other ones from back in the day. Um, and I just kind of tapped back into what I loved about them and decided to take the world I created and created a game. And like you said, uh, it's a game where you play monsters, fairies, uh, banshees. Mug you can even play Mugwai. There's 35 starting races to pick from. And wow. And then there are seven um, different elements you can pick from for your creature's main element. Right. And then, and then once you pick your main element in your race, then you just build your character. And as you gain power you gain the ability to build it even more uh and you can build in your own elemental tree or you can even branch out to the other trees and and you can even mix abilities so you end up having you know you could have a a an ice sword that is on fire if you really wanted to <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to make this as 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 a game take your role to make it as a game did you ever think about utilizing an existing gaming system or were you were set on creating your own system from the get-go oh, i i pondered it briefly i've i've seen a lot of the homebrews for the other systems right. and i'm like that i i really wanted this to be its own thing so i i was like you know what i'm gonna take the things i love from rpgs that i remember add things i love from video game rpgs and I just kind of took everything that I thought worked well and was streamlined and created a new system. Okay. So g give us a back of the book kind of summary of, uh, of, of, of the system. It looks okay. really, it looks really innovative. You know, we, 
it it follows a D10 system. Yep. It's uh, but as you say, it's thir- you got over a lot of characters and classes or or relative. So, so currently, there are thirty five races, wow. uh, each with their own racial abilities, and there are one hundred and seventy five different abilities that you you can purchase, mix, uh, and all those abilities have levels one through ten. And at level 10, they unlock additional abilities. And it sounds very complicated, but it's actually very simple. You have six stats. You have your strength, speed, wit, intelligence, sneak, and charm. Okay. And every ability is tied to one of your stats or your opponent's stats. Okay. So whenever you're casting an ability, like right here you have on the screen... um, you have a character sheet for a pre-made character for an adventure. And over it says abilities. You see how it lists uh, an ability, then a level, and then a, uh, a stat. And then mm-hmm. it says self or other. That's basically all the information you need. When you cast that ability, whatever level you cast it at is how many dice you throw. And okay. so like the first one there is, was it sneak other? Is that what it says? I, I, um, it's very small on my screen. So oh, so so if you you're looking at, for instance, is you know you're looking at a, a sample character you hear have you on right. your Kickstarter with a with a name Zinkles who yeah. seems to be a brownie, and you have the ability Petrify, and it says right. level five, and the stat is Strength Other. Strength how other. would how would the player roll that? So if you cast it at level five, it would cost you five MP, um, okay. and you could throw five five d10s to cast it each d10 that rolls the strength number or higher of your target is a success okay and the and the and then you can just reference the skill to see what each success does and for for petrify it it determines how many how long petrify lasts right so every ability is tied to a stat you can whatever level you cast is how many dice you throw and there's there's a MP mitigation in this. Um, okay. You always want to be careful about burning out of your your ability points too fast. So a lot of times you can kind of judge your opponent and be like, I'm only going to cast this at level three, so it only costs me three MP because I want to save MP because this fight may go on for a while, or okay. this, um, or whatever it is may go on for a while. So I'll stat. Anything that's your opponent, you want to roll their stat number or higher. And if it's yourself, you want to roll the stat number or under. Mm. So, and all your stats are one through 10. Okay. So everything kind of, every single ability plays off of, of that. Okay. So how, how difficult, you know, as as a creative, as, as a creative person, as you are, is like you, you do art, you, you write and you, you, you make comics, you do books. And now this, how similar or, and different is making a role-playing game as compared to, uh, making Autumn Gray. So in Autumn Gray, it's, it's a linear story. I'm, I'm working on just what I need for Autumn Gray. A role-play game, I have to cover whatever it's going to pop in people's heads that they want to do. Um, I've, I've been playtesting it for a year. Um, we, we would find, you know, things that hadn't been addressed or issues that came up, and we would sort them out and, 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 and continue on. Um, eventually, it got to the point where I, had, I didn't have to revise anything anymore, and that's when I realized, okay, we are officially at 
a place where the system works and it covers whatever people can think of that they want to do. Um, it's, it, it's very different. Um, so I had already created the world, which helps. And the world takes place in, in the modern world, which also makes it a little easier because people understand, you know, I don't have to explain the great society of, of Boston or New York. Like it, it is Boston. It is New York. Um, but there are, mischievous hidden things going on whether you're a part of them or you're creating them that's that's kind of part of the fun of the game um is is getting away with whatever it is you're trying to get away with uh your characters can be good they can be very evil they can be somewhere in between but they are definitely um not supposed to ever be discovered right because that that's one of the main things about this about this game is like you're not supposed to be discovered right Right. Uh, it is against Faye in, in, in this world, it is against Faye law uh, to be noticed by humans. And as soon as you are noticed by humans, um, you, you, they basically send out a truant whose job it is to hunt you down and exterminate you. So really? basically the worst thing that can happen to a fairy is being discovered. And yes, I had a situation in one of mine where um, the fairies did not understand fairies trolls and monsters did not understand that these campers were live streaming them on their phones and they ended up have eating the campers and playing with the phones and they got into a whole big mess there <laughs> so talk to us a bit about the character creation so when you do when you do sample games like this kind of step uh, what, what can uh, what can your backers expect from the the character creation process um that's actually my favorite part of role-playing games is creating characters. And I made sure in this game that I encompassed anything I could possibly think of that I can, I personally would find fun. Um, mm -hmm. So I made every, every race I picked out, I went through and researched different cultures, um, folklore and, and fairy creatures. Um, I have some Buddhist ones, Hindu ones. Uh, I've got, I, I tried to cover a lot of different bases. Obviously there's a ton more and, there's always room for uh, expansion books and that kind of thing. But to start, I, I stopped at 35 different races. Um, okay. they, they cover everything from your little four-inch tall brownies, pixies, fairies, that kind of thing, all the way up to your trolls, your nymphs, um, your your boogies. Um, you can play leprechauns. You can play all, all. There's a couple examples. There's a boogie. Uh, you can play goblins. Um Basically, what happens is you pick out what you want to play as far as a race goes. And then each race, you can choose from two different elements to be your main element. So so you're kind of like kind of looking at what elements they can pick from as their main. Because your main, you can buy in every element. Like this is, a, this is a, the floor tree here uh, where you actually buy into you, you, the starting point is at the bottom of the screen there. The affinity, that's, that's where you start. And then you build up from there and you build up to more powerful abilities as you climb up the tree. Um, but when you pick your race and you pick your main affinity, that's that's where you start. Okay. Uh, as you grow as a character, you, you get more points to spend wherever you'd like and you can continue building up in your tree. Or there might be something in another tree that you're like, oh, man, it'd be great if I had that to mix with this. Like, man, I really wish I had some wings. So maybe you go grab wings from the uh, from the, the fauna tree. But anything outside of your own tree costs more to buy. Okay. So the fastest one you can level way up is your own tree. Your own tree. 
Yeah. Right. What were some, besides your, besides your, your work at Eden Park Tales, what were some of the inspirations that you got when you decided to sit down and make a role-playing game? What kind of research did you, were you able to do? Um, well, I obviously I delved into what's popular uh, right now. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, obviously, is a, is, is kind of like the uh, the the battleship of the RPG world. <laughs> um, so I looked into that. Um, I looked into a White Wolf, or, or what I keep forgetting what it's called now. Yeah. Um, I looked into Call of Cthulhu, which is a, always a fun one. Um, I, I had played a lot of cyberpunk. I mean, they're all different genres, but I wanted to see what works in right. the um, in the game system and what is kind of convoluted, and, and trying trying to work something out where um, the game is streamlined enough. So basically, this game I've played it at conventions, and when you have a lot of noise around you and other things going on, it takes about 10, 15 minutes for me to have the party fully understand how to play, which is incredible. Right. Like I, right. I print up what the information they need for their abilities and stuff like that, and they have it right there, so they don't have to keep grabbing a book to check. But after about fifteen minutes, everybody understands the levels, rolling either your own stat or your opponent's stat. It all kind of congeals really, really quickly. Um, and it's definitely this. This game is not as heavy in combat. Combat is chaotic uh, at the point where a crit in this game doesn't mean good necessarily it means you're on the edge of a knife and mm. and it can either destroy your enemy or it can destroy you oh, so, wow. so, so so like whenever you roll a crit in this game which is rolling the exact stat twice so if you threw 10 dies and you're trying to hit a seven or higher and you rolled two sevens that's a crit and you go to the right. crit chart and then at the crit chart it's a 50 50 you you definitely oh, wow. you want to roll high because if not you're the lower you roll the worse off you are Okay, that's cool. Like it, like it's like right at the like I said, it's right at the edge. Right. Like some, something crazy is happening, whether it's happening in your favor or against you, is you know. And yeah. so one of the interesting things also about playtest. So you're not you don't have somebody that's actively as when you're looking at it from a comic creator perspective. Where does the where does the equivalent of, of playtesting come into? come into making a game um well so when i was ready to start playtesting this i i put together a couple different groups i had a young group i had a veteran group a newbie group and then I, like i end up stumbling on some people that all they do is role play different games all the time and they were my official punch the holes in the in the uh in the system group right and my wife was very understanding because you know how uh, i i uh, do you have experience playing tabletop role play games? Yeah. You know how you sit down for that two hour session and then before you know it, the sun is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot. <laughs> um, so she was very understanding as I, I spent the last year, a lot of evenings, a lot of weekends playing, playing games with different people, um, trying different things. I had one, the, the veteran guys, I had them all make high level characters. Just, I wanted to see, you know, when you start rolling in with the, like the top tier abilities, what happens? And it it was it was very exciting. It, it worked out exactly how I envisioned. I mean, when you decide to cast something to destroy everything, it doesn't mean your friends are safe. So, 
Well, and how much did after the after playtesting, how many tweaks did you have to put into the, the every, system? Basically, after every for a while, after every session, mm-hmm. I was doing a revision and then sending it out to all the playtesters again. Okay. Um, so it, it it went through a lot of revisions. Basically, when something popped a hole in the in the process, I was like, okay, let's see how we can fix this. And that, you know, that's kind of how you do it. And I kept reprinting books for a while, and that ended up costing a fortune. Uh, so eventually, I'm like, all right, we're sticking with PDFs, everybody. PDFs until this is done. So, right. And so how much did you – was there anything during the playtesting part where your playtester said, you got to get rid of this, Jay. This is breaking the game, but you really wanted to keep it. Was there anything that you – that was there any pieces of the, of the, had of the game that you away. wanted – yeah, that you had to throw away. I was able to tweak everything. Um, okay. So if something was too powerful, instead of like like it might be like a, each success times five, I would bring it down to each success times three until it got to the right spot or something. An ability was just too too powerful, so I pushed it up the tree. So you actually have to be higher level before you can you can acquire it. Right. Um, so I was able to move things around on the tree and then adjust how much power they initially have in order to balance them out. So it wasn't too bad. I didn't have to throw anything away. Mm. Um, the last thing, the very last thing I added was people were kind of wishing that picking your race wasn't just aesthetic. Um, so I actually created a bit a, a, abilities for the, all the races. Most of okay. the abilities are, are more aesthetic than, than anything else to not like none of them really change the game, but it gives you a little like extra flavor due to your race. Right. Now, the interesting thing about this is that you've taken a role-playing game based off of your IP. Was there any concern about losing some kind of creator agency, knowing that other people are going to be telling stories in the world that you sing created? So Autumn Gray actually takes place in the nineties. So this game takes place after the events of Autumn Gray. Okay. Um, there are spoilers if you sit down and read the the game masters se- sections of the book. It talks about the politics of the Fey World, and, mm. and, and so there are some things in there that mildly can spoil what's going on in the actual game, uh, in the actual comic. So I've warned some people you know, that are my diehard comic people. I'm like, when they, when they bought the game, I'm like, have someone else be the game master, play your character. You'll be all set. Just stay out of there until you've finished autumn gray. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so it's, it's, and obviously the world can completely change based on the way people play the role play game too. Um, one thing I found fascinating is I've created some like two to three hour, sessions with pre-made characters for people to play like those are basically my play test games for conventions and stuff and no two groups of people have ever played them with the same results wow and i mean I've, i have this one that's actually a promotion right now uh today only which isn't when this is airing but it was a it was a promotion on memorial day uh called <laughs> into the cropper um which is about a group of brownies infiltrating a farm and no two parties have only one party actually 
solved the mystery and, and, and confronted the villain and defeated it. Everyone else has done other things and it's been just as hilarious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so how, so I get my question too, based off of your IP and the world that you've created, do you have any of those adventures that you wrote for the game? Are they, would they be considered canon in your Eden Park Tales universe or Autumn Gray universe or are those kind of separate? Um, they, they aren't canon only because they can happen completely different depending on who's playing them. And right. I do not, I don't like forcing players down a path. Right. Um, the whole idea of the game is that you really can do anything. Just don't get caught. So that's one of those things that actually kind of plays in favor with Autumn Gray. As long as you're not getting caught, whatever you're doing isn't going to affect what's happening in Autumn Gray. They're, they're separate, separate stories, you know? Um, I actually am in the com in the game itself. I am going to have character sheets for characters from Autumn Gray. So people that read Autumn Gray can incorporate them into the story. Right. And the starting location in the book of the game is the park, Eden Park, where uh, Autumn Gray takes place. So, so you can actually like the oh look, I got a map of the place with, with from the comic, and okay, this is where this is where that happened, and you know, so there's there's tie-ins. Um, so people that are a fan of one will will get them from the other, but you can completely burn down a place that was important in Autumn Gray, and it's <laughs> but the game itself takes place after Autumn Gray, so it doesn't affect the story of Autumn Gray. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> And so you can, do you conceivably have uh, the, the source book take place? Can somebody run a game in say Northern Alaska and would they yeah, have information? You can run them anywhere in the world and you can actually, I, I'm planning on releasing like specific area books mm. in the future, um, but you can run them at any time period you want to. I'm going to mm. do a book based on medieval times when you didn't have to be so secretive. Right. Um, I, I'm planning on doing a Greek one. Um, like, and then obviously different locations. Like I'd like when I go do Boston shows to have a book of Boston, like with actual map of Boston and having like, all right, this is where these kind of things hang out, you know, the Harbor, you know, this is, you know, kind of like work out like some of the underground faith things that take place in Boston. Oh, wow. You could actually start a game in Boston with the Boston book. And then say, I go to San Diego comic-con, have a San Diego book, at, right. you know, just basically like like additional you know backgrounds and things of thing, things that are going on in these different locations right oh that's cool so jay let's talk about the pledge levels and see what what people can get through uh, through the different pledge levels on your kickstarter okay so you have for $15 you get the the fay game the pdf so this is how many pages is this uh i it's not finished yet. Um, I'm and I'm adding things as stretch goals that, that wow. we will hopefully reach. Um, I'm going to be adding some additional modules and maybe some additional monsters and stuff like that as we go here. Um, but it's going to be somewhere around 300 pages, full color. Wow. Yep. Jeez, that is huge for 15 bucks. That is a that's a, a heck of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have for 25 dollars, you have a the Fay Player's Guide. Right, which is essentially the first two chapters of the full book. It's basically the you have a chapter on creating a character, 
And then okay. you have a chapter on playing your character. Okay. So it's basically it, it, it's a it's a smaller book, but it will, right. it will give your players what they need. You still need somebody with the full rule book to play the game. Okay. So then that's the fifty dollar book. So so fifty dollars for a three hundred page plus colored book. Yes. Wow. And that comes with the PDF and the book. And this, as you say, includes the player's guide. Well, the, yeah, the first two chapters of this book right. are basically the player's guide. Okay. All right. Wow. Um, and and then you have, so you have that, and plus then you have the, so what is, what is the Fae Deluxe Edition? You want to talk to us about that. All right. So the Deluxe Edition is you get the Fae rulebook with everything in it, Okay. Uh, you get two players' guides. So when you're playing the game at the table, you know, you got the one person with all the rules. You can hand out the players' guides to the people to, to reference. Um, and then it also comes with a set of, of D10s for the game. 10 D10s is the most that you ever roll. So it comes with a set of 10 sided dice, and you can choose. Uh, I have a different, when we scroll down a little further, when you see the dice, there are different colored dice for different. Um, which whichever affinity you like right right here yeah and so you mentioned like the affinity like you have as a sample the flora affinity and what are the different of what are the and each if each affinity has it's essentially the, the element yeah it's it's the yeah. element that your character is based on um okay. the choices are your, your standards are uh you got flame aqua terra which is earth and yeah. um and what's in sky, which is, you know, wind and, and, and right. weather and all that. And then you also have flora and fauna, which are plants, animals. And then you also have glamour, which is okay. illusions um, and, you know, deceitful things. Right. And so, and so you get 10, 10 sided dies. And is there some, is there like some inspiration as we mentioned earlier with the white wolf system about the D 10 system? Um, actually, I just, it wasn't so much the, the white wolf system and these are gorgeous though. The, um, resin custom made dies that they're making for the game itself. Um, mm. those, those are gorgeous. I, 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 I especially love the flora and the glamor, but right. when I've seen them in person, they almost look like they're glowing on the inside. Oh. So Jay, what's the name of the company that you getting the dice from? It's Expanded Universe Designs. Wow. Uh, they, okay. They're a, a great company out of New York that um, that actually saw my game in action at a convention, and they were like, we want in. We want to make the dice. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> you guys are in. Come on. <laughs> Let's do this. And this is now, this is, ba as you say, these are this is an add-on, so people can get those as add-ons. Yes. And so I'm, you can choose your element, or you can select Mixed. I've had a lot of people that are concerned that they wouldn't be able to decide which they want. So I'm going to give mixed as an option. Right. Oh, that's, and is that something that you'll be, that, that you're, you're going to get the orders in advance and then you'll be able to just buy. When, when we send order. out the surveys to people uh, after, right. after the Kickstarter ends, um, uh, I'll just ask people to select a, select a dice type. Mm. It's gorgeous. Yeah, looking at that, yeah, the floor looks literally looks. I like the sky one too. Sky looks pretty nice too. Yeah, and Aqua looks really cool too. Yeah, the ice cubes. Oh, 
<laughs> and then what's the what's the Queen Dawn figurine? So people love figurines with RPGs. Um, yeah. I've been using little plastic people on the game itself. Just like mm-hmm. little, they, they look like little board game. Uh, they're, they're I guess they're called meeples. They're just okay. like like little colored stick figures on, on my grid. Um, but I had a um, figurine company at one of the conventions reach out to me um, that that wanted to actually craft and and do the old school way. You sculpt it out of clay, uh, okay. create a mold, and then pour pewter figurines. Uh, they wanted to make a figurine of my one of my main characters from from the Fey folklore in this game. Which was okay. done. And did you? How long did it take you to get this get this game together? And how much did this kind of throw throw off your uh, your your other works that you've been doing with Autumn Gray? Uh, well, Autumn Gray should be finished by now. Uh, there's ten issues to the whole story, and I'm at eight. Um, I sh- I I basically paused it to make this game. Um, I still do a lot of work for other publishers and, and, and my, my, my list on the wall over there looms at me with all my deadlines on it. Um, <laughs> and I have a couple that have gotten past already, but I send apologies and, and we're okay. Right. <laughs> so this autumn gray has been paused in order to get this out there. I'm hoping, you know, to be constantly working on this. I'm, I'm fully intending to keep adding things to it. I want it, I want it to be like a growing thing. I have other writers that want to write stories for it. I have other artists that want to do like artwork for it. So I'm thinking like different themed artworks for different stories and just kind of keep, keep going with it. It's, it's finally, once the game system has been built, now I can, all those stories that I have on the shelf that I can never get to will be quicker to create now that I have a place to create them for, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so you've already and what what's what's the what's the affinity card sets? That seems that was a stretch goal that got unlocked. Yeah, that that's very popular. I've had a lot of people order them. Um it's basically a list. It's it's a it's a set of cards all 170 right here. Uh it's all the affinities from the game. Okay. The, the abilities printed up on cards. So then when you have your character sheet out and you're playing you can just grab the affinity cards and have them right next to you. So you don't have to look in the book for your references for the abilities. Hmm. So it's just like a quick way to be able to just be like, all right, I'm casting this and I have it right here so I can look it up. You know, all the information I need is right here. I don't have to flip through the book to check it. Right. So it's just, it's, it's a, it's a quicker way. You can just grab the abilities that your character has out of the deck and tuck them next to your character sheet. So you can just, you have them right there. You don't have to thumb through the book. Okay. All right. And then you have also that's uh, that soon to be unlocked as well as you have your additional adventures and yes. at 6,000 yep. and then, um, but then also you have your monster characters unlocks at 5,000. Yes. Yep. I'm almost, almost there now. Uh, um, the, the monster characters will just be a, an additional collection of monsters for the game. Um, I just, I, it's just fun to come up with, you know? So it's just right. it'd be like, a, like right now I have all the basic monsters, um, but now I can start getting a little, little wild with them. Um, really come up with some creative alternatives. Right. And do you have, how many, how many monster characters like that? Are you just getting hit with all these other ideas where people are like, Hey, have you thought about this one? Have you thought about this one? And I have. Um, so basically I, the way the system works is 
it's as long as you're a little creative, you can kind of create your own monsters. Um, right. It's not it's not that tricky. Um, but I, I'm I I have so many ideas, and I had to stop somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> I can't just sit here forever and just keep making monsters. Right. Um, so I, I basically I I had a list of uh, I think 120 130 different kinds of things you can run into and i was just like i'm stopping here stopping this is this is my list for now uh, you know and I'll, I'll get these all done and they'll be here in the book and they'll be enough to get anybody started and it gives you enough ideas that you can kind of tweak them to create your own um so basically like i, I open the floodgates and let people have at it <laughs> right and this is exciting. So you have also, um, as we say, you get your 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 deluxe edition, which comes with the PDF, the book, and two players' guides, yeah. and a set of 10 10 sided. And then you have the what's the, the wholesale books. Yes. So this is for retailers that would be interested in selling. So it's ten books for three hundred. Yes. That's okay. Wow. But you need you for that. You need the proof of uh, business. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so that I started getting hit up as soon as this started from retailers that wanted to carry the book. Right. So I was like, I got to create a, a wholesale option. So, right. I mean, this is exciting because like you have 18 backers already for your your deluxe edition. You get another 13 for your complete. So you're I mean, you're already looking at people that are actually actively looking forward to playing this now. Yes. Yep. Wow. I've had a lot of people asking if they can be if they can play test and stuff. And I, I stopped all the play testing mm. uh, a couple months ago so I could focus on getting the car Kickstarter done once once I felt like we had it all polished up. Right. And I think everybody was very disappointed. <laughs> but I, but I've, I've said, like, the, game, the game's going to come out and then someone other than me can run a game. It'll be great. <laughs> right. I can't run every game of this, you know? <laughs> And how has this been for you also too, is like, you know, as we're, you know, we're at the edge of, you know, um, uh, we're at the, as I say, we're at the beginning of the, of post pandemic. So we're, re we were re how hard was it you, how hard was it to run physical play tests during uh, half my play tests were, were remote. Okay. Um, and I had, you know, I, I, learned how to, you know, we'd screen share and I'd be using Photoshop for my maps, you know, right. so it was, a, I was able to, to do it. I, I prefer in person. I think there's a lot better uh, interaction between people right. in person. Um, there's, there's a lot of like secret note passing back and forth on things. Um, it's, it, I, I find it a lot more dynamic. Um, but, right. but one thing I've, I've, I've loved about this process is I, I'm an entertainer at heart. I, I love, captivating an audience I, I you know i've done a lot of theater uh, yeah. i've been an art director in movies i've had a couple of roles i've done voice acting and all that kind of stuff too uh, but i really really love the absorption that happens with this i love the fact that we sit down even at a crazy convention with tons of people walking around and for three hours these people are completely involved with these characters they've either created or they've turned into their own, you know, and just they're into the story. It's it's the ultimate storyteller rush for me. I, I absolutely love the fact that they just 
get lost in it. Like there's a, there's a Comic-Con going on. Look, there's a couple of celebrities walking by. They don't care. It's all about <laughs> playing this game right now. And, and it's, 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 it's the best thing. Um, but yeah, I'll, very few times has anybody been like, ah, oh, I got to go. Most of the time they want to keep playing. So right. I consider that a success. Right. But as I was saying before, like I, I, I love having something for people to play at a convention. Um, I love just just making it more entertaining for people, making giving them something other than shopping to do at a lot of shows, um, something where they can completely interact and like you know, and that's that's what this was all about originally for me. I just wanted I wanted I had created a world and I wanted people to be able to play in it, and and, and I'm so happy that it's come out so well and the people whether they know how to play these kind of games or not, are so into it. Um, most of my diehard people have been promoting this thing like crazy, you know, just, just because they love it and they want to make it, they want to see it succeed. You know, right. they, this game is great. It's so much fun and you get to be a monster. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, because, and I did see that you also have, you know, you know, some of our mutual connections, Rusty and Jim Lawson and um, how, how much of this was written is your writing? Cause I know obviously you have different folks that were helping out with the art on it are at the art assets. How many, how much of the writing is given to other people to do? So I've, I did all the writing. Okay. Except right now I have a couple of authors that are in love with this, that are writing some short stories. I'm going to reveal them as they get finished because I don't want to promote somebody and then they never get around to it. And then I'm going to be like, Oh, this is awkward. So they're they're currently um, I have I have a couple uh, authors writing short stories to give they're they're not like spelling out it's not an adventure but it's something for the players and the game masters to read to kind of see the way the Fey actually exists in the human world mm. so they're coming from different angles and, and different ways of living in the world so it it helps like fill in the the com any confusion people have but so there are some some stories going in here just to add um flavor and depth to the okay. existing bay and to like plant seeds of ideas okay in in people's heads um but as far as the artwork goes uh about 90 percent of it has been done by me and then i've i've had some work done by like as you said rusty gilligan's done some beautiful artwork for it jim lawson's done some and um and Ryan Santos has also done some. Um, okay. They've actually all given me black and white because I've been coloring it to fit the color scheme of, of the game itself. Oh, and then are you going to color them then after? Oh, well, well, I've colored them. I think some of them actually I, I might have up on the Kickstarter. Okay. I think maybe one of the Jim Lawson ones I have up on there. You can kind of tell because it's a slightly different style than, than, than mine. Right. And... So this is great. I've, I'm really excited. I've always been a fan of, of Autumn Gray. I've always been a fan of, of your work as well. And, and I'm really excited to check it out. I love urban fantasy. And anybody that's, that's a fan of urban fantasy, 100% needs to get this game. Um, it's, it, as you say, it's reminiscent of, of even, as you say, some of the video game setups. Well, like the, the skill tree thing was definitely yeah. influenced by a lot of like the the, the RPGs where you, you climb up the tree, you know? Yeah. 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 I love that sense of, yeah, that sense of direction and accomplishment as, as it works up. So that's really cool. And, and as I say, it's, 
you're 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 right there. You're right there at the at that at that right now. It's um, you're close to the goal. You got more than a month away, so that's exciting. Yeah, I'm at this at the point that we're looking at this. I'm uh, I this game has been up for five day uh, five days. So wow, and you've already gotten that far on it. Already. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 hoping by uh, over the next day or two, you know, to hit the goal, and then then the the uh, sky's the limit. Um, right. I'd love to get to the point where we convert the books to hardcover. I'd love to get, you know, I just want to get the book out there. I want people to start playing this game. I want, I want people to have fun with it. You know, right. I want people to come up with their own stories for it. I want it to become like just that world that people can just build in like, like, like a Lego world, you know? <laughs> right. Cool. Well, congratulations, Jay. I, I'm, I'm excited to check this out. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna back it too. As I said, I'm a huge fan of your work, and I'm a huge fan of of the genre. So, you can see that backer number will get will get a bit bigger. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Great. Well, so, but listen, Jay, you got to come back on when you have uh, when you have expansion books out for it. I'd love to talk more about uh, everything to do with Eden Park Tales and, and the world you've created. Thank you very much. It was great talking about it with you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, so talk to us a bit about how the, as you mentioned, like the, the, the creation of this, did you, did you have a point in time where you decided to ever, th- uh, hey, let me, re- this, I love, now I can actually, I can, I can timestamp this and then I can write this. <laughs> this isn't happening. This, isn't, this happening. isn't happening. <laughs> Five thirty. Okay, here we go. Um, so the creation of this was based off of the world that you created. Correct. 